Welcome to Mark Connor's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au. You know, if you've read the book of Acts about the first church in Jerusalem, we don't really know too much about the church. We don't know what songs they sang. We don't know what they did with the kids. Uh, we don't know what programs they had happening. We don't know how long the sermons were, although Paul did speak till midnight once. Uh, I won't do that today. Uh, so there's a lot we don't know about the church. But there are two things we do know. They met in the temple, which was a, a real large gathering, a large space, and uh, thousands of people the church grew to. And they also met from house to house. And so the two programs we know they did have were large gatherings and small gatherings. And I think there's some real wisdom, some real insight in those two gatherings. Large gatherings, like we have here today, are great for worship. They're great for teaching, for vision, for inspiration. But they're not the best for relationships. How many know we're all sitting in rows today? You're looking at the back of the person in front of you, and that's not their best side. And so it's okay. But you know, it's, it's not the best environment for building relationships. Uh, we can't care for everybody. We can pray for some people and have a few moments, but it's a little hard to give really good care and to really get to know each other. And so there are some, some weaknesses of the large gathering. Of course, in a small gathering, uh, how many know if you're in a home or if you're in a cafe, you're in a circle rather than a row. And in a circle, you can really get to know some people. You can build some relationships. You can care for one another. You can do life together. And so I love the idea of uh, being active in a weekend gathering and also connected to a, a small group or a ministry team. Uh, Bayside, in case you haven't noticed, is also a large church. Uh, you know, 98% of churches in the world are under 200. And so, you know, Bayside is, is a big church. And, you know, there are some disadvantages of large churches. Don't leave. <laughs> Let's just be honest. You know, in a large church, it's easy to be a little comfortable. Thank you for those three amens. In a large church, you can kind of just get a little comfortable, a little complacent, kind of just hide in the crowd a little bit. In a large church, you know what? You can't know everybody and they can't know you, which is really disappointing because you're an amazing person. A few more amens on that one. You just can't know everybody in a large church. It's just a disadvantage. And you can't be friends with all of the ministry leaders or even the senior pastors, which is really disappointing. In fact, I little, little, did a little math this week, Pastor Rob. You know, if Pastor Rob and Christy um, decided to have dinner with each one of you every night of the week this year, have a dinner Monday, dinner Tuesday, dinner Wednesday, you know, with a church, I think it's well over 1,500 people call Bayside their church home. If they had dinner with each person and, and did this 365 days a year, it would take over four years to have dinner with everybody. That's a lot of food. Which means if tonight's your night, you'll catch up with Robin Christie and at the end of the dinner, they'll go, see in four years. Are you working with me? It's just, there's some disadvantages in a large church. You can't know everybody, but there's some huge advantages with a large church because there's many opportunities for friendship. Look around the room. I'm preaching better than you're amening. That's okay. Look, I mean, there's opportunities for friendship. There's opportunities for ministry. Uh, there's a lot of resources so the church can have a greater impact, can have greater influence. There's excellence in the ministries of the church. And so there's some great upsides, some great advantages of a, of a large church. The, the great thing is we don't have to decide between being large or small. 
we can be large and small. It's the magic of the end. And Bayside's a large church and it's going to get larger and its impact and its influence is going to grow. So we can be large, but you know what? We can be small at the same time. And the way we do that is through small groups, through connect groups, where you're part of something bigger than yourself, but you're also doing life. You can't know everybody, but you can do life with 10 to 12 others, know them well, have a real sense of community and connection. And so I think there's a real dynamic we can learn from the book of Acts that's relative to today, relevant to today. And the good thing about small groups is there's no limit to how many small groups we can have. It's Uh, limitless as to how many small groups you can keep adding and growing. So everyone feels connected. Everyone feels apart. Uh, Let's pray as we just share a little bit about that today. Father, thank you for today, for a new year that's well underway. And so I pray today as we talk a little bit about our relationships, Lord, you've created us as humans to connect to relate. We're kind of social species and we like doing life together with others. And so I pray as we share together today that you would help us all grow and improve the relationships that we have. Speaks to every person here today. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. 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 Tonight, if you're taking notes, uh, my brief message today is called Improving Relationships. Improving Relationships. You know, as I prayed, all of us have this need, this desire to belong to be a part of something. And when our relationships are healthy and we've got friendships and we're doing life with people, there's a sense of belonging and friendship and connection and joy and love and care. But if we don't have a sense of connection, we can often feel isolated, we can feel lonely, and there can be a sadness that comes with that. Of course, relationships don't just happen. They take time and they take effort. And so I want to turn to the book of James today. If you've got a Bible, join me as we go to James chapter 1. Uh, James is a a small letter in the New Testament, uh, believed to be written by the brother of Jesus also a leader of the church at Jerusalem. And it's a really practical book. In fact, some people call it the Proverbs of the New Testament because there's just a lot of great advice for living, for relationships. And so we're going to look at just a couple of verses that um, if you've been around church for a while, you've probably heard them. But there's some great wisdom here for us. James 1 verses 19 to 20. I'm reading from the New International Version. My dear brothers and sisters, we could say, Bayside Church, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. The Message Bible says this, post this at all intersections, dear friends. Lead with your ears, follow up with your tongue, And let anger straggle along in the rear. I like that. (laughs) Lead with your ears, follow up with your tongue, and let anger straggle along in the rear. Because God's righteousness doesn't grow from human anger. Uh, There are three big ideas here that James shares. It's one of those verses you can just read in a few seconds and it's done. But like most Bible verses, there's so much depth, so much insight. In fact, these three ideas are themes throughout the entire Bible. And they are topics that come up anytime you're talking about improving a marriage or friendships or relationships or connect groups or workplace or or a school or a team. Uh, These themes emerge. And so he says, everyone, how many, how many here today are an everyone? 
Everyone. <laughs> it's pretty big, isn't it? You're single, you're married, you're a teenager, you're a young adult, you're a senior, you're a grandparent. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can be in that group now. Uh, you know, you're a boss, you're an employee, you're a student. Everyone's, that's a pretty big category. Every one of you, uh, be a good listener, think before speaking, and control your anger. And so let's just take a few moments. I mean, nothing new, no kind of rocket science there, but the power is in the implementation, in the doing. And so let's just talk for a few moments about these three ways to improve our relationships. Number one is to be a good listener. To be a good listener. Uh, communication is really the, the lifeblood, the heartbeat of every relationship. And relationships are built and then developed and maintained by communication. And if communication breaks down, the relationship breaks down. So, so communication is at the very heartbeat, at the center of relationships. Of course, communicating is not just talking. Uh, it's not just sharing what I feel, what you feel, um, but it's learning to listen. It's interesting in school, we, we spend a lot of years learning to read, learning to write, learning to talk, but we probably didn't have a lot of classes on listening. And yet when it comes to communication, listening is essential. Uh, of course, how many know listening is different than hearing? You ever heard the phrase, in one ear and out the other? Uh, listening is very different than hearing. And so James understands that our natural tendency is we're pretty quick to speak and we're often slow to listen. So he says, hey, Hey, let's reverse that order. Let's make a change. Let's be quick to listen and slow to speak. And so listening is active. It requires concentration. It requires attention and interest and focus. You know, if we think about it, listening communicates love. One of the best gifts you can give the people in your world is to really listen to them. Listening communicates love. It helps you to understand other people. In fact, you'll never know someone. You'll never really understand them unless you take time to listen to them. And of course, listening gives you the right to be heard because often when we listen, uh, people want to then also listen to us. We gain a friend. Uh, unfortunately, we all develop some bad listening habits. Sometimes we're unaware of them, but we all develop them. And I know this because I'm a master of bad listening habits. You talk to my family, uh, listening's not one of my skills, one of my natural gifts. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not always the best listener. I'm growing in this area. And so I want to share some of the, the, the poor listening habits that we can develop. Uh, firstly, obviously, is inattentiveness where someone's talking and we're not paying attention, sometimes because we're lacking interest in what they're saying or we're preoccupied with our own thoughts or we're not concentrating or we're distracted. Um, I don't know what your brain's like, but I think I've shared before, if you remember watching a TV, you know the little ticker tape at the bottom of a TV where the news is going by? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, my brain has a ticker tape on the bottom, the top, and the sides. And so when someone's talking, I've got a lot of activity in my head. I've got a very active brain. And so sometimes I'll say to my daughter or to Nicole, ask her a question. And then while they're talking, I'm engaged in all this other stuff. <laughs> you wouldn't understand, but some of you would. And so just 
being inattentive. Unfortunately, we can ask a good question, but if we're not listening, if we're inattentive, then we're not hearing what a person is saying. Another bad habit, I've mastered all of these, is interrupting. It's kind of quit talking while I'm trying to interrupt, you know? I like that one too. And so sometimes someone's just started something and bang, we're, we're, we're interrupting. We've jumped in. We've finished people's sentence for them. You know, I find some people uh, find it hard to, to communicate. So I help them. I jump in and tell them what they mean. You know, and so we finish their sentence or while they're talking, we're thinking about what we're going to say next or we change the subject. Uh, and so interrupting is another bad habit. And how many know if someone's interrupting you all the time, eventually just stop talking? kind of shut down. So uh, maybe like me, you're a, you're a bit of an interrupter. And that's a, that's a bad habit we need to become aware of and, and work on. Another bad habit, I'm good at this one too, I'm, I'm being very vulnerable today, sharing all my sins. Uh, another bad habit is something called advice giving. Anyone know what this means? This is where someone starts talking and sharing, and then we jump in and we tell them what they should do. We put our Mr. Fix-It or Mrs. Fix-It cap on and we jump in and we try to fix their problems and solve their situation. How many know this really encourages people to keep opening up? No, not. And so when we jump in, um, often we're judging them and we're giving them advice, which tends to diminish the importance of how they feel, and it actually damages our ability to listen. You know, a lot of people just want to be heard. They don't want to be fixed. They just want to be understood. They don't want to hear what you think they should have done. And so these, these are some of the bad habits that we can just naturally develop, just not being attentive, jumping in, giving advice, interrupting. And when we do this, we really damage our relationships. It could be in a connect group, a discussion. You know, you're the one to always jump in and, and well, let me tell you about... Again, it's okay to talk, but if we don't lean into the listening side, we're not going to improve our relationships. And so here's some good listening habits on the positive side. How to be a better listener? Well, just to be attentive. Just choose to be attentive. Here's a great definition of attentiveness I heard years ago. Attentiveness is showing a person's worth by giving sincere attention to their words. I think that's pretty powerful. Showing a person's worth by giving sincere attention to their words. How many know if you really think someone's important, you're going to really listen to them? And so when you're attentive to someone, you're communicating, you're important to me. Right now, the most important thing to me is listening to you. And so just choosing to be be attentive, to concentrate, to put out the distractions and give them our full uh, full, uh, concentration and and eye contact really helps us to do that. Just to look at the person and give them our full undivided attention. Being attentive. Uh, Another good listening habit is seeking to understand. Uh, Not just listening to the words. How many know in communication, words are only a part of the communication process? Often it's tone and it's body language. And so if we're really seeking to understand, we're not just listening to the words, we're listening to the tone of voice, we're watching their body language, we're looking for meaning, not just for information. 
And so seeking to truly understand, to use all that mental space while they're talking to try to put yourself in their shoes. And what do they feel like? And what is it, what, what is it, um, what's, what's the world look like through their eyes? Seeking to understand is so important. And a great way to do this is to ask questions. Good listeners are good questioners. And so when someone's finished, maybe just saying, hey, could you tell me a little bit more about that? Get them to go a little bit deeper. Uh, here's a, another great line. Help me understand. Help me understand what that was like for you. Help me understand how you are processing that. Just some questions that, first of all, communicate that you've heard, but take the conversation to a deeper level. It is a great way to become a better listener. And so when we improve our listening, we improve our relationships. And so James says, hey, be quick to listen. Be a good listener. And so I want to encourage you as you get involved in your connect group, as you think about all your relationships this week, what a difference our world would be if everyone just listened a little bit more attentively. Listen to understand. Listen to communicate value and importance to that person. Number two, second principle from James. Uh, first of all, be a good listener. Number two, think before speaking. Uh, after saying be quick to listen, he says be slow to speak. In other words, engage brain before opening mouth. It's a good principle. Uh, you know, our words have great power. Uh, Proverbs says death and life are in the power of the tongue. And although our words are invisible, they're very powerful. And so between uh, what we say and what's kind of come into our world, just taking time to think before we speak. Controlling our tongue is not that easy. Uh, but, you know, once something's spoken, once it's out there, it's out there. Uh, you know, one of my favorite um, features on my computer is the undo button. Anyone know what the undo button is? You know, you're going along and you delete something and you can just go, boom, and it's back. Wouldn't it be great to have an undo button on our mouth? You say something and then you go, boop, and it's not said. How good would that be to have an undo button? But the truth is, once you've said it, once you've sent that email, once you've made that tweet, once you've made that social media post, it's there. And so between what happens to us and what we're thinking and what we say, there's a moment of choice. And if we could just learn to pause. Everyone say pause. pause. Just pause. Just think before we speak. Then what a difference that would make in our world. Because words are very, very powerful. And so we want to ensure that the words we speak are bringing life to those in our world. Let's just talk a little bit about words. I mean, our words, uh, Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Let's just think for a moment about the negative things that words can do in relationships. We're going to do a little interactive uh, teaching, preaching tonight. So tell me, what, what are some of the negative things that words can do? Okay, words can be hurtful. To help you think about other people, not yourself, what are some of the negative things other people do with their words? Now, now we're going to get some. Sorry? Okay, words can block. What else? Insult. Discourage. You can curse. Diminish. 
Shame. Did someone say annoy? Man, now we're getting it. What was another one? Judge. We can judge with our words. We can guilt people. Persecute people with our words. Put down. We can wound people. Come on, we're just getting going. Come on, what kind of thing? What kind of damage? What kind of negative things can words do? You can diminish people. What else? Oh, I got diminish. Times two. <laughs> Bully. Come on. Defame. Ooh, that's a good word. You must be a Scrabble player. Uh, discriminate. Discriminate with our words. What else? <laughs> Sorry? We can dishearten people with our words. Dehumanize. Man, we're into the D's here. Destroy, dehumanize. Okay, let's pause. As you can see, there's a lot of damage we can do with our words. Let's come over to the other side and let's talk about what positive things we can do with our words. Okay, love. Thank you. Alice, encourage. Words can be healing. Build up. Come on, you're doing well? Okay, they can bring joy. They can restore. They can re empower. Keep talking. Power. They can uh, joy. Two of those. Connect. Keep going. Words can motivate people. What else? We can forgive. We can refresh. Empower. Love. Pick up. Sorry, it's my, it's my ears. I'm not a very good listener. I think you said pick up. Anyway, here's my point. Words have great power. Words have great power. Imagine this week. Imagine this week, we're not only good listeners, but we think before speaking. How many have had some of this stuff come your way? Come on. It does a lot of damage in relationships. And you know what? We've probably all done a few of these. But what if this week, just before we opened our mouth, we decided not to do any of that this week? And what about on this side, we actually open our mouth and we choose to encourage and use our words for good? It's really simple, but it's really powerful. And no one makes you say anything. No one makes you say anything. Before you open your mouth, you choose what you're going to say. And so this is what James is saying. Hey, be a good listener and then think. Before you open your mouth, before you say that, before you send that message, think about is it going to build up or is it going to tear down? And if we could just make a shift, just to change, to eliminate more of this and in input a lot more of this into our relationship, what a difference it'll make. Your marriage and your group and your team just to use our words for good. And then number three, the biggie. <laughs> be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. Just think about what you're about to say and slow to become angry. So a third principle is to control your anger. To control your anger. You know, anger, first of all, is a common emotion. Anyone never felt angry? 
Liar. No, I'm only kidding. Sorry, that was a negative word. Um, you know, most people, how many, never, how many have never been irritated? Okay, okay. Oh, I've got a hand gone up. Bless you. You can hang with me anytime. The truth is, anger is a common emotion. Let's just start there. Uh, you know, Nicole and I fell madly in love, and we got married, and I kind of went into marriage thinking, we're such a great fit, we'll probably never have an argument, you know? And so, unfortunately, in the first year, we, we did have, as I've said before, quite a bit of intense fellowship. And uh, I, 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 we were just laughing today about a big argument we had. And uh, we're in the kitchen, and she was heated, and I was heated, and she lifted her voice, and I was raising my voice. And she stormed out of the kitchen and went to the bathroom and slammed the door. And I went to my office and slammed the door. And so, yeah, intense fellowship. You get the picture. About an hour went by, and I kind of thought, oh, it's been a while, you know. So anyway, I just kind of left it at that. And then I heard this little voice, honey. Unbeknownst to me, when Nicole slammed the bathroom door, the handle on the inside fell off. And after an hour of trying to climb out the window, she eventually said, Honey, could you let me out? That was a great moment. I'm outside. What's happening? Honey, I can't get out. Can you open the door? What do you think I did? I opened the door, eventually. <laughs> What's my point? Anger is a common emotion. And we do our relationships a disservice if you think you should never get angry. And if you get angry, something's wrong with you. Anger is not a sin. Now work with me. What we have to dif differentiate with is between the feeling of anger and angry behavior. To feel angry is simply to be annoyed, to be irritated. Your rights have been crossed. You know, uh, angry feelings are actually okay. In fact, Paul in another letter says, be angry, but don't sin. In other words, it's okay to feel the emotion of anger, but when you then choose to use it in destructive ways through your words or your actions, that's where relationships start to get damaged. So anger's going to happen. Just accept it, but we've got to learn to manage our anger, and once again, think about how we handle that angry emotion before we then use it in a way that is damaging through our words and our actions. And so a couple of thoughts on controlling your anger. Uh, a good exercise this week is just to think about your anger triggers. Have you ever just paused and said, when do I get angry and why? Well, we're all a little bit different, but we all have various anger triggers. Now, you may be thinking of a person. I'm just talking about situations here. We all have what we could call hot buttons, <laughs> things that very quickly get our anger going. And so do some reflection. What situations get you really, really annoyed? What moments, what circumstances get you worked up? And we all have a list of them. Uh, but the more we can reflect upon them and learn from and then prepare for them, because sometimes we just have a lot of unrealistic expectations about life. I mean, how many know if you're driving in Melbourne and you expect there'll be no annoying drivers? <laughs> like, you're just going to be angry. But if you just go out and go, well, where are they today? Life just goes a lot easier, you know? 
If you, if you think it's going to be sunny every day in Melbourne, you're going to be a very angry person. You know, sometimes we just got to adjust, just expect somewhere, somehow, someone will annoy you this week. There's a prophecy. Some of you are looking for a prophetic word. <laughs> Yea, verily, someone will annoy you this week. It's going to happen. The question is, are you prepared for it and how are you going to respond in that moment? So think about your triggers. Think about your hot button. Think about those moments that escalated and it's live and learn. It's okay, don't wallow in guilt and, and judgment from it. Okay, what are you going to learn and how are you going to respond a little different next time? It's not just giving in and letting people walk over you. Sometimes we need to be assertive and say, hey, I don't appreciate that. But we've got to live and learn about using our angry emotions in ways that don't damage or cause our relationships to be, um, to, to be threatened and damaged. Of course, um, in anger, often we sometimes say and do things that we we regret, and so it's anger that gets us in trouble, but it's pride that keeps us there. Anger gets us in trouble, but pride keeps us there. And so just learning to say, honey, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? Uh, that's such a key in our relationships. So as, as we wrap this up today, uh, life is about relationships. Everywhere we go, there's people and if we can improve our relationships, what a better world it is for all of us. James gives us three very simple steps. Number one, be a better listener. Number two, think before opening mouth. Think before speaking. And number three, control your anger. I wonder which one of those needs your attention in your life right now. Don't go away with three more things. Just pick one. What's your most relevant response to today's message? Is, is it just to go into the week and say, I'm going to be a better listener this week? And maybe that's your key to improving your relationship. Or, or maybe number two is, <laughs> I'm just going to pause a little longer. I'm just going to think about my words a bit more this week. Maybe that's your response. Or, or maybe number three, maybe just controlling your anger, doing some reflecting, doing some good inner work about your responses to irritating situations. Just pick one of those, and we're going to pray that God would help you to make some changes there this week. I read a billboard on the way to church today, and it said this, if you change nothing, nothing changes. It's pretty good, isn't it? I know it's real simple, but if you change nothing, nothing changes. And so if you change nothing in your relationships, nothing's probably going to change. But you change one thing, you just lift your listening, you just use your words more for life than death, you just think through those angry situations and see them diminish, what a difference that will make in your relationships. And then one final question, I wonder which relationship in your world needs your attention right now? relationship needs your attention. It takes two people to have a good relationship. I wonder which one needs you just to lean into it with a little bit more of God's love. Get that in mind and let's pray about that today. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au.